fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? listening. I'm your host, Dr. Henry Ely. Please call me Dr. H. It is always a pleasure to be here with you. I hope you are having a great day, no matter wherever you may be. Folks, it is a great day to be alive. And like Dr. Seuss says, it is a great day for up out there, right? Some really great stuff on the horizon. I'm so stoked. We have got some people started. They are doing really, really well. Folks, oh, this is so exciting to see what natural medicine can be and do for people who really need it. And we have come up with something that I think you're going to really, really be curious about in the coming weeks. Now, uh, we start each show, right, with gratitude. So what are we grateful for this week? You know, I'm grateful for the courage that people display, people who really have been pushed to the brink of their own mental and emotional capabilities, the the gaslighting they have to endure, the ostracization, if that's even a word, from their family members, their co-workers, social media. I can't believe that people who took the damn shot are being called anti-vaxxers. You know what I mean? They obviously weren't. They believed in it. You know, they were lied to. You know, I, I made a statement on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, and I said, look, you know, Some folks are saying, you know, they shouldn't have taken the shot, you know, and I I just think that's a garbage comment, to be honest with you. I think it's, they shouldn't have been lied to. They shouldn't have been coerced. They shouldn't have been mandated. Did I already say they shouldn't have been lied to? You know, I, I think it's a completely different world if we have transparency and we have accountability. And that's what we're going to be talking about on today's show. I brought on two of my um, grand jury team members. Uh, they are up to bat right now, folks. A uh, little quick update. Uh, in uh, Towards the end of the year, uh, Judge Marco Hernandez, I will not refer to him as the honorable Marco Hernandez anymore, uh, cited a overused case. and um, and granted the Department of Justice's motion to dismiss our request for a grand jury um, petition. So we immediately filed an appeal, right? And and, uh, coming up in February, we're going to update you a little bit more on that as we get closer to the 16th, we're going to be filing our brief on the appeal um, and we're going after them. You know, this this is ridiculous that we cannot, as citizens of our country, of our great nation, bring to the Justice Department's attention, right, that, hey, this needs to be looked at and investigated by a grand jury. This is ridiculous what's going on. It is an absolute affront to liberty, an affront to our Constitution, an affront to every person who fought and died and sacrificed everything that we might be free. It's an affront to all of it. And uh, we're just not taking that crap. Uh, from from this uh, Department of Justice. We're not taking this crap from the uh, judicial system. You are going to do your job, all right? 
you are going to do your job and you, we are going to have some open investigations on this every day. There's a shocking thing that comes out about some other way that Pfizer or Fauci and friends lied. You know, it's just, it gets to the point where you're just like, we have, if, if you could pile all the evidence we have in support of what we are saying that fraud, criminal fraud and criminal willful misconduct have been you know, committed by these these terrible people. If if we could pile it and stack it, it would be taller than the Himalayas. Okay, that's how much evidence we have amassed as uh, globally on the horrors of this entire scam, this an entire fraud that has been perpetuated on the world. It is unconscionable that they continue to hide behind little stupid, poorly understood cases. In, you know, and saying, oh, well, you, you, you don't get to do that. Only, only us in the ivory tower, only us on high get to investigate us. You don't get to say that we're going to be investigated. Well, you know what? If you don't allow for an investigation on this, the only recourse you give people is violent action. And that's what we're trying with all of our might to avoid, right? Because we're getting to that point now where it's like, if you are not going to, if you're not going to investigate this transparently and get to the root problems, the root problems of corruption, murder for profit, RICO, these kind of things. If you're not going to get there and you're not going to allow Americans the justice that they deserve, then you're inviting violence into our country. And I'm not perpetuating, I'm not, I'm not advocating, I'm not promoting that at all. Let me be very clear. I'm saying that that you're giving people no other option, which is not how our country was designed. The grand jury system was designed to make sure we could have peaceful resolution of corrupt, run amok governments and agents within those governments. That's the entire rationale behind the grand jury system and why citizens like myself, Senator Linthicum, Senator Thatcher, have a right to access that system and saying, investigate this. We have substantiated evidence of crime. It's ridiculous. And we're not, we're just not going to take it. We're just not going to take it. And we're not going to quit and we're not going to give up. This is going to the Supreme Court. We're very confident and we're very confident we're going to win. When we win, we'll figure that out. We're very confident that we're going to win this. So um, I brought in two grand jury experts uh, on on the team, Judge Nally and Judge, excuse me, and he's not a judge, and uh, and Kelly Mordecai, who also is the author of the Hidden Fourth Branch. And uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk to them. We're going to start educating you on what a grand jury actually is. And they, so the first segment is going to be just kind of some basic stuff about grand juries that I think everybody should know. But when we get into the second part, it gets really lively, especially towards the end, uh, as Judge Nally gets really fired up. And you're going to love his voice. I mean, he's just got this incredible voice where you're like, man, you know, I just feel better about the world when he talks. You know what I'm saying? So I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. It's going to be educational. We will bring uh, Kelly and, and Judge Nally back to continue to educate us on the grand jury systems, because we, we need to know our rights and we need to know how to access this. And that's, this is what we are pioneering right now, folks. The way to get to, for a citizen who cares about their country, to get information of criminal activity before a grand jury without having to go through the damn gatekeepers, the district attorneys, the, the US attorneys, you know, and, and all that kind of crap, all these stupid gatekeepers that are just complicit in this absolute corruption that's been ripping our nation to shreds for years now, 
All right. So we got a lot, folks, to talk about. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoy the education, the grand jury. I know you're going to learn a lot and go, hey, I didn't know that. Hey, I didn't know that. Oh, that's very interesting. Right. This is why they don't want us to have access to the grand jury system because the grand jury system is put in place to ensure that corruption can be held accountable when it occurs in our government, and whether it's elected officials or appointed officials. They want us to have no part of access to that. And that's what they're fighting desperately to maintain. Because we get once we get access, it's game over for all of it. All right. So we'll be right back with uh, Kelly Mordecai and uh, Judge Nally, Judge Paul Nally, right after these messages. Energetic Health Radio is brought to you by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you folks. Check out our, what we're doing. We are doing some incredible stuff with healing. We're, I think we've all gotten to that point now, right? Where we're like, yeah, uh, no, I'm not going to do any more damn shots. And no, I don't want your stupid medicine with all these damn side effects either. I want to know how to really take care of myself. Well, if you want to learn how to really take care of yourself, I can tell you, you won't find a better school than the Energetic Health Institute. We have great people who really care. And best of all, they're knowledgeable on top of it. And it's it's not about ideologies. You know what I mean? It's not about belief systems. It's about teaching you how your body's designed and teaching you how natural medicine works and how to put the two together so you get to be in control of your life, of your health. All right? You are the master of your domain. We don't teach you at the school. We don't teach you what to think. We teach you how. And that's something we all need to do a little bit better of moving forward, right? So check us out, energetichealthinstitute.org. You'll be very, very glad you did. We'll be right back with Judge Rand, Judge Paul. I keep wanting to call him Randall. Yeah, he's going to tease me. Judge Paul Nally and Kelly Mordecai right after these messages. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. All right. Aloha and welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Judge Paul Nally and author Kelly Mordecai, author of The Hidden Fourth Branch. He's really these are our two grand jury experts, folks on our grand jury team. Uh, they know grand juries inside and out. Uh, Judge Nally, how are you doing today, sir? Doing without, but I'm having a ball at my age. <laughs> Amen. And Kelly, how are you doing, sir? Oh, doing great. Excited to be here. All right. Well, 
what we want to do in this segment is just get people un- to understand, you know, because a lot of folks understand the criminal justice system as far as the trial by jury um, kind of phenomenon. But to even get there, there has to be an indictment. Is that correct, Kelly, that there has to be an indictment by a grand jury before a person even goes before uh, a jury of their peers for a trial? That is correct. For a federal felony, it's in the Fifth Amendment. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury. All right. So with with, with that being said, you know, Judge Nally, we have um, grand juries as independent courts of inquiry. Can you tell us and our audience a little bit more about what that statement means? A grand jury is an independent court of inquiry? Yes, sir. You'll find your grand jury in the U.S. Constitution arises in the Fifth Amendment. And in your state, it either arises in your Constitution or it arises in statutory law. Either way, it is separate and distinct quasi-judicial body from your constitutionally established courts. So So that makes them them an independent body. So, so then what we're, we're looking at here is that um, an independent body, Kelly, if, if, does that mean that the grand jury is under the control of the ju- judicial branch or the executive branch or the legislative branch? What branch of government controls the, the grand jury? Well, we commonly know the first three branches of government, uh, Larry, Moe, and Curley. I mean, I'm sorry, legislative, executive, and judicial Article one, two, and three of the Constitution, <laughs> and uh, but to keep Larry Moe and Curley in check, we do have a grand jury system, and it's the fourth branch of government. I'm not the one who coined that phrase. Leo D'Onofrio, an attorney out of New Jersey, and even the courts have declared it's completely independent. Um, U.S. versus Williams, 1992 case. And it states that the grand jury was not textually assigned or assigned in the text Took articles one, two, or three. It is a constitutional fixture unto itself. You look at the United States attorney manual, which they now call the justice manual. And uh, the justice manual instructs prosecutors how to do their job. But it says you must be reminded that the grand jury is an independent body. There's more case law on grand jury independence. We don't have time. Amen. Amen. All right. So Judge Nally, then if we're if we're talking about it, like, you know, in our situation, we've uh, we we petitioned the courts. We, we actually let me back up. We actually notified every U.S. attorney that they um, that there is likely criminal um, behavior going on with the CDC, the NVSS. Uh, the Health and Human Services Department uh, relative to COVID. We got no response. We actually, instead of, uh, you know, we made the request to for a grand jury investigation. Uh, we made the request of every U.S. attorney in the country that a grand jury investigation should be launched, not a grand jury prosecution or indictment, but a grand jury investigation should be launched. Do we have a right as Americans to make that um uh, to petition for that. And then if we do have that right to petition for it, are they required as a U.S. attorney uh, required to fulfill that request when there is substantiated evidence? What, what do you, what did, what's the facts in your opinion? Okay. The facts in my opinion are this. Number one, 
you performed a constitutionally protected duty in making a request for a grand jury investigation. Mm-hmm. It should be noted that you also have the right to stand before a grand jury in the place of the United States attorneys. So that makes you a, a, a prosecutor, if you will. Now, the U.S. attorneys, by virtue of the fact that they declined to present your information to a grand jury, violated their oaths of office and they violated your civil rights. Mm. They literally committed criminal acts in the performance of their duties. Now, now Kelly, you were you had something that you wanted to add add on with that because I know we were reading, I think it was part of was it 18 USC 3332, where it said the um, US attorney it, uh, shall um, inform the grand jury. It wasn't an, it wasn't a may statement. I think it was a, it was a shall inform the grand jury upon request. Was that, is that a true statement? That is a true statement. Let me go ahead and read from 18 USC 3332 a, <clears throat> okay. It shall be the duty of each such grand jury and panel with any judicial district to inquire into offenses against the criminal laws of the United States alleged to have been committed within that district. Such alleged offenses may be brought to the attention of the grand jury by the court or by an attorney appearing on behalf of the United States for the presentation of evidence. And here's the kicker right here. Any such attorney receiving information concerning such an alleged offense from any other person shall, there's that word shall, shall, if requested by such person, inform the grand jury of such alleged offense. And so basically, uh, they have a shall duty or a duty to inform the grand jury when requested so by the petitioner, as in First Amendment right of petition. So there's there's no gray area there with the word shall. It's it's not a may. It's n- there's no prosecutorial discretion to say, ah, you know what, we're not this one. We're we're not going to inform the grand jury on when when Senator Dennis Linthicum and Senator Kim Thatcher. Uh, and and myself, uh, when we informed every U.S. attorney in the country of substantiated allegations of criminal activity, their duty under 18, US, uh, 18 U.S.C. 3332 was they shall inform the grand jury. That makes it no gray area. That makes it they have to do that. Is that a correct interpretation of that of that law? That, that, that is, is correct. Yes. What do you say, Paul? That language, and to use legal parlance, creates a legal, self-enforcing, non-discretionary duty upon every United States attorney. And if they if they refuse to do it, they're in violation of their oath. Plus, they have committed violations of federal criminal uh, civil rights statutes. And I'll yield. So they so we we went to every U.S. attorney. And rather than the U.S. attorney informing, in this case, Scott Asfog, rather than him informing the um, grand jury as requested to do so by Senator Dennis Linthicum and Senator Senator Kim Thatcher, um, he went to the Department of Justice to get uh, some feedback from the Department of Justice on what he should do. 
that act was, you know, informing the Department of Justice isn't isn't a criminal act, but informing the the Department of Justice without also informing the grand jury of of these substantiated allegations that is potentially a criminal act. Then, am I understanding that correctly, Judge Nally? Yeah, because eighteen U.S.C. four commands everybody. There are no exceptions. If you have uh, knowledge of violations of criminal statute, you are required under 18 U.S.C. Uh, 4's misprison of felony language to make that uh, information known to somebody in the government. And the grand jury is somebody in the government. Correct. So now we get to a, now we get to well, a place there is where an exception, by the way, what's the exception, Kelly? Um, if you're a United States attorney, a prosecutor, and you're in Nairobi, Kenya, I was just going to bring you. So let me let me let me uh, remind uh, the audience what happened. So uh, Senator uh, Dennis Lenthicum, Senator Kim Thatcher informed Scott Asfog, who's the acting U.S. attorney in Oregon uh, at the time. Uh, about um, substantiated allegations of criminal activity and make the formal request to put that information before a grand jury. Scott Asfog um, instead goes to the Department of Justice rather than fulfilling his duty uh, to inform the grand jury under 18 U.S.C. 3332. The Justice Department um, wants him out of this process as quickly as possible. So uh, after he does a little bit of a dog and pony show for a little bit, they reassign him. You can't make this stuff up, folks. They reassign him to Nairobi, Kenya, which I didn't know was possible, but that actually happened after we <laughs> filed. They they sent Scott Asfog to Nairobi, Kenya and said, go keep your butt over there. We don't want you being um, in uh, questioned by any grand jury if these folks make it to a grand jury. So, um, <laughs> yes. So I guess being in Nairobi, Kenya, Kelly, would be make it a little difficult to uh, inform a grand jury of known offenses, right? So um, we we then move to the next step and we say, because in 18 USC 3332, it also says the court has the the court shall inform the grand jury as well, correct? It's that's if I'm reading, if you're reading that statute. For 18 U.S.C. 3332, it says the court shall inform the grand jury upon request. Well, we is made that. that is that right? May. The court, the, the court may. may, but the U.S. attorney shall. Yeah. Is that OK? OK. So the court may. So we went to the court and um, the Honorable uh, Her, Judge Hernandez um, uh, cited a case that uh, we are going to be because uh, he cited a case that. Um, really didn't say what it's he says it says <laughs> uh yep. and uh and and honored the department of justice uh motion to dismiss our petition on a misinterpreted intentionally misinterpreted grounds of we were seeking uh to indict the people and we are not seeking to indict them we were seeking to have them investigated by the independent court of inquiry which is a grand jury so uh, we, of course, immediately filed a appeal, and we're going to be filing that appeal on February 16th. So we'll keep you updated on that. But the argument is very simple. And I want, and gentlemen, we're coming up against this, uh, coming up against it on this segment. So I'm going to have one more question for you each. But the argument's very simple. Americans, do they have a right to engage a grand jury, to petition a grand jury for redress of grievances? 
Now, Judge Nally has already said under 18 U.S.C. 4, misprision of felony, that you have a duty to do so, <laughs> you know, that it is your duty That's to right. do so. So let's talk about the right then. We, have a, we know we have a duty. Uh, Judge Nally, in your opinion, do we have a right to petition um, any court or anyone uh, for access to the grand jury? Because these are, these are looking like gatekeepers, and, and that wasn't the initial intent of any of this in, our, in the drafting of our Constitution. What's your opinion on, on do we have a right as citizens to access the grand jury? Do not think for one minute that 18 U.S.C. 3332 provides an exclusive remedy by, tell, by requiring a uh, United States attorney to receive your information. It does not. It is simply another avenue. You have an absolute right to petition directly. By directly, I mean call the foreman, tell him you've got a problem that they need to hear about, Send him a petition through the United States mail or email him. It doesn't matter how you get in touch with either the foreman or any member of the grand jury. Their oath of office requires them, and this is law, by the way. Their oath of office requires any one of them who hears of a criminal act to make it known or an allegation of a criminal act to make it known to their colleagues, and then they immediately have a duty to diligently inquire and true presentment make. Yes, you have an absolute right to the grand jury directly. Amen, Judge Nally. Kelly, uh, same question for you. Do, does a, a, a regular old citizen, nobody special like me, have a right to access the grand jury and inform them of allegations of criminal activity? Well, I would put it in terms of the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Congress will make no law respecting or establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press, the right of people to peacefully assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievance. The Supreme Court in Bureau of Duryea versus Garnieria, 2011 case, and Adderley versus Florida, 1966 case, stated that the right of petition goes back to Magna Carta. There were only two branches of government in existence by the Magna Carta or acknowledged. There was no elected parliament. It was the king and the grand jury. So the origin was to a grand jury and a right to petition. Mm -hmm. See. See, this is this is what I'm talking about here. You know, folks, we have an absolute right, a constitutionally protected right to bring information of criminal allegations, especially when substantiated, which we have. We submitted over a thousand pages of evidence. And the judge Hernandez even agreed in his motion to dismiss that there was something there. There was something there of substance. <laughs> so and, he was in. The way, yeah, go ahead, Your Honor. And by the way. If in your listening audience, there is any state or federally sworn grand juror listening, mm -hmm. let me please beg that they send me a subpoena instantly. Amen. And, and we would throw that out there for myself, Senator Lenticum, Senator Thatcher, and everybody on our team. Subpoena us to inform you of these allegations of criminal activity and let us get this country righted. There needs to be a, a day, a reckoning, a, uh, a 
ethos of accountability so that we can make sure our laws are not just by convenience, but they're actually to protect the people um, that they were designed to protect. So we're going to be right back with more of Judge Nally and Kelly Mordecai right after these messages. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, you know, really, really good stuff so far. I, 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 I want you to understand this grand jury system because I, I know in my heart it's the answer that we figure out how to break through with this and, and reclaim it as the people's vehicle to hold corruption to account. Then we are going to be able to reestablish what is truly great about our, our nation instead of just calling it a great nation for it to truly feel like a great nation again. And that's what I'm all about. Now, gentlemen, uh, again, thank you for being here with us today. And what I want to get into is, because uh, we've had a lot of challenges, you know, as a grand jury team, we've had enormous challenges, even getting information to a grand jury. So it begs the question, can any a U.S. citizen petition a grand jury. I want to go to Kelly first, and then we're going to go back to you, Judge Nally. Okay. Well, we still have the First Amendment right to petition for redress of grievances. So the answer is yes. Any citizen can. We have problems with prosecutors blocking petitions. And so that's where a loss that needs to happen. We run it up the flagpole to the Supreme Court. 
and the Supreme Court would affirm once again the right to petition for redress of grievance. The origin, you know, we were just talking uh, before the break about different branches of government. You know, we have three branches of government, Larry, Moe, and Curley. And so what we need here is a fourth branch of government. <laughs> and by the way, that coin, that phrase, fourth, the hidden, uh, fourth branch of government was by attorney Leo D'Onofrio. You can type in his, you know, fourth branch of government, uh, Leo D'Onofrio, and he's done quite a bit on that. We had the right to petition, period. Now, its origin was in um, Magna Carta. How do I know that? Because in a 2011 case, Bureau of Duryea versus Garnieria, the federal court there, they said, well, the right of petition came from Magna Carta. Well, what branches of government existed at Magna Carta? Well, let's take a step even uh, deeper back in time. What branches of government existed in most uh, kingdoms? Well, gee, there'd be one. It's called the king. Judges were under the king, et cetera. The Magna Carta, there was two branches of government, and that was uh, the king, of course, and then the other was the grand jury or baron group of 25. And so the baron group of 25 held the king accountable to the terms of the charter, the great charter, Magna Carta. So if the Supreme Court is saying that the right of petition originated at Magna Carta, it's very easy to argue that the right of petition in its origin was to a grand jury. Uh, William Douglas said the same thing in uh, Adderley versus Florida. Well, the right to petition came right out of Clause 61 of the Magna Carta. Okay, so why are they blocking petitions to grand jury? Bottom line, anybody who opposes a grand jury is saying, I don't want accountability. Anybody who is blocking the petition to a grand jury is not wanting accountability. Um, it's... This is what our nation, you know, we look at the uh, Boston Massacre, March 5th, 1770. Within eight days, the grand jury indicted nine British soldiers, uh, five British soldiers who shot and killed nine colonials. They got to busy. They got to work. They sent them to trial. That was accountability. And that was, again, 1770 before we were our, the country that we are now. So we absolutely have the right to petition. Um, just well, some attorneys never were taught this in law school. Well, it's, it's very akin to many doctors, many white coats never being taught about the potential deleterious effects of, of vaccines, let alone how to, you know, how to do it. It's like if you don't want people to know something that's important, you just don't teach it to them. Right. And then they. Right. That's 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 the first that's the first problem right there. But there's another problem in here because, Your Honor, you said something earlier about the role of a grand jury is to investigate. And if they find a criminal act has been committed, then to press for to a presentment or an indictment, and then the person gets their day in court to defend themselves, right? But the role of the grand jury is also to ensure that no crime has been committed. So what's so frustrating for us in the work we've all been doing together on the, on the uh, grand jury um, petition that we have before uh, the federal courts right now has been the amount of obstruction, you know, with it, that we're not asking for a presentment. We're not asking for an indictment. We're simply saying we have unearthed enough substantiated evidence to suggest crimes have been committed, and we want this before a grand jury to investigate. Your Honor, you've involved, been involved in this a long time. What have you seen in terms of how a good American trying to do their duty and keep crime out of our country, corruption out of our country, 
get obstructed in that process? What experiences have you had with people trying to prevent um, very real crimes from even being investigated? I don't think you've got enough time on this. <laughs> but, but just to, but just to hit some highlights, <clears throat> I was arguing. <clears throat> I was arguing in court one day about uh, accessing uh, the grand jury, and I raised a case from Illinois, and the judge just immediately turned his head sharply, looked directly at me, and he said, I don't care what the Supreme Court of another state said. I was in front of a... Now, first off, what you need to understand about that is, is he just said that the United States Constitution don't mean squat to him. That tells you right there that he is an enemy of the people, or he was. He's dead and gone now, and he's hopefully roasting in hell. But... But... You know, that, that was a criminal act on his part. Then uh, there was another time when I went into court early to, to attempt to petition the grand jury on the day that they were to be uh, selected and sworn. And I got in there early and a whole bunch of the grand jurors were all uh, potential grand jurors were seated in the courtroom. So I just stepped up to the bar and turned around and ex I said, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. And they all stopped talking and looked at me and I started to tell them who I was, why I was there in court that day. And all of a sudden I heard a voice behind me holler, Nally, sit down and shut up. And I looked around and there went a County deputy going from one door to the other. And I just hollered at him. Why? Cause I said, so as he's going out the door, I just shrugged my shoulders and turned back around and started to relay to these ladies and gentlemen that I had business before the grand jury concerning some criminal problems in our county. And about that time, that door slammed open and five deputies rushed in and surrounded me. And the lieutenant got in my face and told me I was either going to have to get out of that room, that courtroom, or I was going to have to sit down and shut up. I told him I can't do that. I have a right to speak. I don't care. Sit down, shut up or leave. No, I'm not going to do either one. I'm about finished with these ladies and gentlemen, and I'm going to continue. And as I turned to face the ladies and gentlemen present, three deputies grabbed me from behind and pulled and pushed me into a holding cell. And that's where I sat for the next 10 minutes until the chief judge ordered the sheriff to have his deputies literally throw me out of the courthouse, which they did. Now that's the one time that is the one time that I hate that I did not have a black belt. I mean, I would have loved to have used it right there in front of those ladies and gentlemen, but I didn't have the black belt. So, mm. But that's just a couple of occasions. And then we've got a district attorney down here who, uh, and we've got a bunch of district attorneys that if you get close to getting to a grand jury, they will literally go tell the grand jurors, y'all don't have to hear from him or her. 
there's a lady down in uh, Savannah right now that's fighting access to a grand jury. Now, there, there's a lot more in, in the history to the grand jury. I, I know we don't have an awful lot of time here, but what the people need to know is, is if anybody, I don't care what office they hold, obstructs you in your access to a grand jury, that individual has committed, in the state of Georgia, he's committed two felonies under state law, and he's committed two felonies under federal law. Now, the problem with that is he is violating your immunity. Hmm. And, and that you can sue them. You can sue them in tort, or you can prosecute them before another grand jury, or the grand jury you're trying to get to if they'll hear you. And the reason you can do that is because of the 14th Amendment, Section 1, Second Sentence. No state shall enforce any law which abridges your right of petition. Hmm. No state shall enforce. That means the governor can't do it. The district attorney can't do it. The judge can't do it. And if they do do it, now they have violated the law and they have no claim to sovereign immunity whatsoever. See, that's the nice thing about the Magna Carta. Something a lot of people don't understand is when and King John signed the statement to this effect, that if any person, if, if any of my subjects are deceased in their property or their liberty, those two items, they can make that known to one of these 25 knights, and they in turn will see that the matter is brought to the justices of our courts. Hmm. He waived sovereign immunity right there to those two issues, property and liberty, he waived sovereign immunity right there in the Magna Carta. He agreed to be sued if, if he or any of his officers of his court deceased any person of their liberty or their property. Well, guess what? That's exactly what every state did when they signed on to the 14th Amendment. Section hmm. 1, second sentence. They waived their sovereign immunity. Hmm. So yes. that judge, that federal judge over there in Portland is looking at being criminally prosecuted for his decision. And, and the problem with his decision is he took has, as a thousand other judges have done over the last 50 years, there's been a thousand crimes. Stop and think about this. 1000 crimes, at least 1000 have been shortstopped by federal judges who have walked over to the case of Linda R.S. v. Richard D., picked up a sentence out of one paragraph, and they misrepresent what that one sentence said. Mm. They, it says that in our judicial system, a citizen lacks a judicially cognizable interest in the prosecution or non-prosecution of another. What they're telling you when they use that such statement is we don't care what 18 USC four said and then an act of Congress. We don't care about mis you being found guilty of misprison of felony. You're not going to bring a prosecution before a grand jury for their decision. Mm -hmm. 
That's judges committing criminal acts from the bench. Those are black robe thieves. <laughs> you know, I got, let me, let me jump in real quick, Kelly. So, so your honor, what, I, what I'm, what I'm hearing here is that judges play an instrumental role in obstruction of justice. Yes, they do. What I'm, what I've also, what we've also heard from Kelly and uh, is that the district attorneys, the, you know, the attorney generals will try and act like they own the grand jury. Yes, and what we're, what we're getting to is a place where a citizen is supposed to have free and unfettered access to the grand jury to bring the possibility of crimes that have been committed before the grand jury. So the grand jury can either prove that they have or confirm that they have it. It's a very important and very simple thing. Hey, I think there's a crime being committed here. Can you take a look at this? The grand jury says, yeah, we looked at it. We didn't find any crime. Okay. Well, thank you for looking at it. Right. I mean, it's, it seems like it's a pretty normal thing here or it, it's a, it's a good idea, right? It's that simple. Right? It, it is. It is that simple. No okay. ifs, no ands, no buts. So then when you got people acting as gatekeepers and, and acting in extra obstructionary ways, like uh, uh, Judge Hernandez in, uh, in, in Oregon did, has done with us. And we're for everybody that wants to know, um, the judge denied our grand jury uh, petition to get or, or, or our petition to get before the grand jury. We have that under appeal. I'll, I'll make you more aware of that as we go on so that. We, we are still fighting on. We are not going to give up. And we're not going to quit on this. And, and now the judge potentially has incriminated himself in this process. Um, Kelly, I want to go over to you. And we have uh, maybe about uh, five minutes or so. Uh, I want to go over to you and just get your take on, you know, what what have you witnessed in, in terms of trying to get information and the obstruction of, as a citizen, a concerned citizen, trying to exercise your right to to petition for a redress of grievances. What have you experienced? Well, in Siskiyou County, we're on the uh, Oregon border, uh, border of Oregon and California. I've been before a grand jury at my request. In California, they have civil grand juries required by the state constitution and a P.O. box. I sent it to the P.O. box, the grand jury forum, and they called me up and I appeared before the grand jury. However, in working with other people in other states, it is a battle in the sense that prosecutors are trying to protect the corrupt. It's, it's disgusting. And so they block petitions. And one of the first ones I saw happen was in Florida, 2012, the Justice Department was, was blocking a petition. And then we've had that problem up in Oregon. But we still have the First Amendment right to petition. It's still there. We just have to run it up the flagpole to, to SCOTUS. But... Um, it's hit and miss because sometimes uh, there's a prosecutor that will get it before a grand jury, but we see a power struggle in the Siskiyou County civil grand jury. It was either last year or two years ago, their annual report. They stated that they were frustrated at the presiding judge's attempt to have power over them, as well as County council who was advising them. We're tired of your attempts at controlling us. This has been going on since 1215, <clears throat> even before that, but um, and the grand jury, uh, on average, has indicted a congressman every session of Congress. In 2018, Congressman Collins from New York and Duncan Hunter from uh, California, both Republicans, while Trump uh, was in office, those two congressmen got indicted. Lagojevich, governor of uh, Illinois in 2009. I can, my book has all sorts of stories of government officials being indicted by the grand jury. 
Um, so we have to keep petitioning. And I have some words from judges of old. <clears throat> there was a professor of law, uh, Stanton Krauss. He put together charges of judges up until 1801. And Judge Nell was just talking about uh, Judge Hernandez. But <clears throat> here's a uh, judge, Davison Charge, from Burlington County, New Jersey. I won't tell you the date. But this is what he said to the grand jury. I do understand the grand jury of Burlington at the last general sessions of the peace after an unprecedented manner have found an indictment against me for what I have done in the execution of my office upon the bench. Guess what year that was? <laughs> what year was it? 1716. Okay. So it came from England to here. Here's another charge of good judge, Robert Hanson. Hanson. <clears throat> Uh, gentlemen of the grand jury, this is the charge, judge to a grand jury. Gentlemen of the grand jury, you are convened to execute a trust of the last importance to your country, to inquire after every breach of the penal law, to protect the innocent, to punish the guilty, to guard against the encroachments of power, and to keep every man within the limits prescribed by the Constitution and the laws is, in general, the business of a grand jury. <clears throat> um, Here's another judge, 1790, Stafford County, uh, New Hampshire. The institution of a grand jury is the most effectual check to arbitrary power and oppression. Another judge, uh, William Few, Georgia, 1798. Um, it would be tedious and not necessary for me to enumerate the duties assigned to you. In a word, as grand jurors, you are to redress every grievance and to support the right of every citizen. And you are to invigorate the laws and extend their operation and effect. Another judge, you are to be redressing public abuses. Um, if you have reason to believe an offense has been committed, you shall continue to investigate other charges. It goes on and on. Um, here's one. Judge Alexander Addison, Pennsylvania, um, to several counties. This is in 1792. And he was, Addison was quoted by the United States Supreme Court, by the way. Well, grand juries are watchmen stationed by the laws to survey the conduct of their fellow citizens and to inquire where and by whom public authority has been violated or our constitution or laws infringed. So the grand jury investigates crimes, be it street criminals or government officials and willful misconduct. It's, it's undeniable. Can you read that last quote again and cite it for everybody who, who's listening in? This is Judge Alexander Addison's charge to the grand juries of Allegheny, Fayette, Washington, Westmoreland counties of Pennsylvania, September 1792. Grand juries are watchmen stationed by the laws <clears throat> to survey the conduct of their fellow citizens and inquire where and by whom public authority has been violated or our constitution or laws infringed. Amen. So here's the question of the week. Why hasn't the House Judiciary Committee submitted a petition to the grand jury? Uh, uh, amen. Uh, amen. Amen. Wait, yeah. say it again so everybody can get it. Say it Why? again so everybody can get it. In our lifetime, have you heard of the House Judiciary Committee referring things to a grand jury? So they refer to the Justice Department. Why not to the grand jury directly? They have that right. They have the right and they have the duty. Whoa, 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 whoa. What you are saying is that the House Judiciary Committee has the authority to refer issues directly to a grand jury. They don't have to go to the Department of Justice and get any kind of permission. 
Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. I'm working on a letter to Jim Jordan. He's going to be the chair soon. But why haven't they done this? Well, this is this is the thing to do. What a great thing. If you hey, if you hey, I'm tired of people talking about it. I'm I'm ready for people to be about it. You've been talking a good game, everybody that's coming into power this year for uh you know uh, that's been elected. Now you said you were going to do something. Here you go. Let's do it for COVID. Let's do yeah. it for all the fraud. Let's do it for this for this RICO uh, racketeering fraud that's going on. Let's do it yeah. right now. If yeah, you don't have to it. go, th- you, you you know you can't trust the Department of Justice. So why don't you just go directly to source, go directly to a grand jury and bring it to them and let them be the court of inquiry they're supposed to be so that they can investigate this. And of course, what are they going to find? Any honest ed- investigation is going to find rampant corruption, whether we're talking about election fraud or whether we're talking about um, we're talking about the COVID, uh, COVID fraud, you know, it's, they're going to find it. And then once that grand jury returns a presentment or an indictment, it's a done uh, deal. People- DeSantos, Governor DeSantos got his statewide grand jury. He appealed to the Supreme Court of Florida. He's mm-hmm. got a statewide grand jury coming. It's going to get ugly for people perpetrating COVID crimes. It would well, better get ugly because I, this, this grand jury system better not be used to exonerate people of criminal activity. You know what I'm saying? It, it it better not be because there's just too many people that have been in harm. This folks, uh, you know, J- Judge Nell, you wanted to read something. Go ahead, sir. Case law precedents in the state of Georgia affirmed by the Supreme Courts of the state of Illinois and Maryland. 77 Georgia 143 on page 148. It is the right of any citizen or individual of lawful age to come forward and prosecute for offenses against the state. Hmm. That judge has just told everybody in this state of Georgia, you have the right to stand in the place of your district attorney of the United States attorney. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on or when he does not wish to become the prosecutor, he may give information of the fact to the grand jury or any member of that body. And in either case, it will become their duty to investigate the matter thus communicated to them or made known to one of them whose obligation it would be to lay his information before that body. And then their oath kicks in to diligently inquire and true presentment make. That's the case law. It's right there. It's black and white. It's very clear. It's the exact reason why the corrupt people have done everything they can to prevent discovery at every twist and turn for every case, virtually every yes. case that has been filed. They, this is the folks, you have to understand that mechanisms exist for us to for a peaceful reclamation reclamation if you will of our great nation ask yourself one question which liberty can you voluntarily yield to a judge a district attorney a sheriff or a united states attorney which one can you yield and still look any man in the face and say i'm free exactly Exactly. Well said. You know, well, gentlemen, well, gentlemen, I, I I wish we could go on. We're going to have to bring you both back. I mean, it's right. just really clear. We're going to have to bring you both back and keep educating people about the power of the grand jury system and what it offers us in terms of hope. 
right? That we've got to be able to press forward and get this accessed by all people who care and love about our great nation and love the people within it, that we've got to get this going. You know, folks. Um, hey, FAQ is on your website. Yeah, we will. Thanks for reminding me, Kelly. We will put we will put um, FAQs, uh, frequently asked questions. We'll post a little link to them uh, on our Beyond the Con uh, website, so you can go and read. There's over thirty or some odd questions that Kelly has put together about grand juries that you can read and and learn more about it. But folks, I'm going to tell you. We've been asking ourselves for so long, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? To me, I've, and we've and the FOIA argument is great. Let's get that FOIA stuff going. I think people are doing a great job on that. I think the next logical step for us across this great nation is to just absolutely inundate our legal systems at county, state, and federal levels with grand jury petitions demanding that we as citizens have a right for a redress of grievance. 95% of them might get just ignored, kicked out, obstruction of justice kind of nonsense. Oh, but may I interrupt? Please. Why not? Go for it. Everybody listening needs to understand, I do not care what state you are in. Where this COVID question is concerned, and the southern border, and the election, those three issues all are of national import. They affect everybody in the United States. So whatever grand jury you sit on or you have a cousin sitting on, they have jurisdiction to subpoena any one of us here tonight. Amen. To testify, to testify and they can take legal action where they deem necessary. And I'll yield. Amen. And I will tell you for the folks that are out in Florida on that grand jury, I would love for you to subpoena everyone on my team. Amen. Bring us in. We want to tell you what we have found. We will drop your jaw with what Amen. we have what we have found. All right, folks. Well, I'm going to cut it right there. We can keep going forever, and and uh, you know, and we'll bring you back for a, a whole another show. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for being here with us today. Uh, once again, that's Judge Paul Nally and Kelly Mordecai, author of The Hidden Fourth Branch. Uh, I have, of course, Dr. H. Everybody knows me also as Dr. Henry Ely. And I want to say to you, may God shine his divine light down upon us all, Amen. everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of his warm embrace. So will, <laughs> say, Your Honor, give it the final thought. I, I always talk last. You go ahead and talk last today. I, I think I'll yield right now. <laughs> Amen. Man. All right, everyone. We'll see you all next week on Energetic Health Radio. Aloha and adios.